Welcome to episode 341 of Live Happy Now. With the holiday season now officially in full swing, there are a lot of emotions swirling around. And one that we don't talk about enough during this time of year is grief. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm joined by Gina Moffa, a therapist who specializes in mindfulness-based therapies and focuses heavily on grief counseling and trauma studies. She's here today to talk about that hidden holiday guest named grief and look at why it's important to honor your grief and how to manage it in yourself or others during this holiday season and beyond. Gina, welcome to Live Happy Now. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. You and I were joking before before we started about being excited to talk about grief, but it's true because this is it's a huge topic and everybody is dealing with grief on some sort of level and maybe unaware of it and we'll dig into that, but you know, especially as the holidays approach, what we're hearing all the messaging is about the joy of the season, but this is also a time when grief is starting to become really difficult for a lot of people. So as we begin, can you talk about what it is that makes grief so much more apparent at this time of year? Sure. I think what you're saying is people are supposed to be feeling joy at this time. But the truth is, is holidays really do bring out everything that we don't have. And they really do highlight the voids in our lives and the losses we've endured This particular time of year, and let me just stress, holidays are a tricky and complicated time, even if you're not grieving. People have lost a lot, especially over the past year and a half. So I think it's really important that we prepare, that we know what to expect, and that we realize that grief lives on two different calendars and that the holidays can bring out a lot of pain and a lot of anxiety and just being as prepared as can be is really the only way to navigate through it. Being anxious and upset during the holidays about things that are happening now, can that bring up past grief? Absolutely. What I would say is it can bring up past traumas too. Our brain stores painful and traumatic memories in this easily accessible way, including losses. So It's supposed to be protective, right? So that we can be warned that it doesn't happen again. But what it can do is it can cause a reliving of that traumatic event or that loss. And it can feel like it's piling on top of us and feel really incredibly overwhelming. But the anxiety itself is a survival response. And it's really just telling you that there's something to be afraid of. And I want us to remember, it's not a mental illness when you're experiencing that compounding feeling of grief reminding me of other grief. It's completely normal. And it is a completely normal response. And I know in your work, you talk about the similarities between trauma and grief. You brought up trauma. Can you talk a little bit about how they're related and and how one interacts with the other? Absolutely. More than ever, we're hearing them more intertwined. Trauma itself is an event, and it can be any event that causes a psychological, physical, emotional, or mental harm. That could also be death. That could be abuse. There's many, many big traumas that we could talk about, but it can also be a loss event, right? If somebody dies, that's a loss. If somebody was abused, that too is a loss, a loss of trust, right? Whether we want to call the event or a trauma, it's okay. But the result of a traumatic event can be grief because there's a before and there's an after. Grief itself is just a normal, natural response to loss. It affects us physically, mentally, spiritually as well, just like a trauma does. 
and it is a series of natural feelings. But having just survived COVID and still surviving it, there has been so much more loss that it has felt traumatizing because of the way it's happened. And there's so much more traumatic grief, which is really just that it's a loss accompanied by really traumatic symptoms because it was unexpected. COVID came out of nowhere. And basically overnight, people lost so much and so much more than just people, not that it's just people, but so many things that I think people are still contending with that, which is why I call it a traumatic loss. How have you seen it change us as a society? Everything that we've been through, through COVID, the loss of people, the loss of jobs, the loss of lifestyle. How are we different now? And that's two-parter because, you know, as you and I had talked earlier, not all of it is good change. It is. I think we're still changing, Paula, honestly. Like I said before, COVID came in without any warning. People who lost loved ones were not just faced with grief, but now there's vaccinations. So there could be people that are like, well, my loved one's death could have been prevented. I think we're a world that lives in a lot more grief than we used to. I think we're more aware, acutely aware of relationships and our own mental health challenges. I think that we're desperately wanting to come together. And yet I think that there's a lot of fear and people are still really living in fear. And I think that that really changes you. When something is taken from you out of the blue, you're still living in a state of shock. And I don't really see that as over yet. I think it's something we're going to continue to talk about for years to come. But I do think kind of like we were talking about earlier, there is a lot more anger out there. There's a lot more desperation. There's a lot more of that sense of being traumatized and not feeling a sense of trust in anything or anyone. And I think when that happens, that sense of overwhelm can really wreak havoc on our mental health and therefore our relationships with others too. So that's a great point. And I want to look at that from two different angles. One is how we deal with that feeling ourselves. And the second part, I'd love to hear you talk about how we deal with that in other people. To start with, how do we handle those feelings within ourselves and what do we do with them? I think that what we need to do is find a way to understand how do we heal something? How do we work through and navigate something if we don't understand it? And I think that's been one of the hardest things for us. But I think finding some semblance of control throughout this entire ordeal is a saving grace, taking care. And I call it survival care. I don't even call it self-care because I I think it's really important that we don't mistake it for manicures and pedicures and a spa day, (laughs) but that, you know, we, we get very serious about the boundaries we create. And that may mean that we say no to things that we preserve our own energy, that we move more, move our bodies, that we surround ourselves with people that can nourish us and not just people that we fight with, so to speak. You know, I know that's sometimes unavoidable with family members, but as much as possible to create some sort of sense of control around us during this time is going to be the most important, asking for help, accepting help. Coping is one of the hardest things that people do, especially when it's something they don't understand. And we've had a year and a half of being completely out of control, so to speak. And so I say the best that we can do is figure out a way to stay in control in the world that we 
create within our, you know, in our own worlds, our own ecosystem, as I call it, and make sure that we're taking very good care of our bodies. We're taking care of our mental health. We're talking to people who are good for us. We're seeking therapy when things feel incredibly overwhelming. Get feeding and watering yourself are kind of the things that I say a lot, but also make no mistake, boundaries right now are probably one of the most important things that we'll do for ourselves. And that's a way to help ourselves just slow down what's going on in the world because things have been moving very quickly. So just to slow it down so that you can just sort of grasp onto whatever you have around you and hold tightly to it. That is great advice. And I think right now, a lot of people are trying to jump back in. And I hear a lot of people who want to make this Christmas be quote unquote normal. And then that's just seeming to add to their pressure of being able to celebrate the holidays. And so on top of the pressure we already felt, I see it multiplying within them. It is. I mean, this is where I always say, where I said in the beginning, we want to feel joy. We're very good at projecting the things that we want to be feeling. But if we really stopped and asked ourselves, are we really feeling joyful? I think it's fair that we want to go back to normal. I think it's fair that we want to get out of this sense of feeling so out of control and scared about the future. But the fact remains, we have lost nearly 800,000 people just in this country alone. And I think to kind of move past that and just try to get back to normal without really looking at our own lives and how we can change them for the better, the healthier, how we can connect more with people in, a, in an authentic, true, loving way is really the way to go. And I think if we don't do that, we're really going to just be worse off than we were before in some ways. Yeah. So what do we do if we have someone who isn't handling where we're at now very well. What if they do have a lot of anger? We've talked about how to give our own survival care, but how do we help someone else in our life who is, is really struggling with this? I think that if we really look at anger, it's just a symptom of something deeper. I had a patient recently where I, I said, anger is a secondhand emotion. So if we look at it as if it's a tree and we write anger in the trunk, let's look at the roots really. What are the roots that are underneath that? And is it sadness? Is it grief? Is it loss of different kinds? Is it loneliness? And I think if we could get outside of ourselves, right? Not everyone is a therapist, but, but we all know that anger is actually just a symptom of something deeper, some deeper hurt. And I think if we could just have patience for one another and say, Hey, I know that you're angry. I'm here. If you want to talk about it, and you're not alone in this. I think really helping people to, like I just said, not feel alone, to expect that people are more vulnerable during this time. And we have to expect that people around us whom we love and just imagining other people are facing a wide array of different emotions Mm -hmm. and that people's needs are going to be changing from moment to moment. So whether they're grieving or they're just angry at the state of the world, showing up for people just showing up, not having to say the right thing, but just showing up and letting them know they're not alone and that they're cared for is a really good first step. That's terrific. And one thing I think that's important to know is that the grief isn't just about, as we said, it's not about just losing a person. And there's people who are grieving, losing a lifestyle or a job 
or something else. And, and they might not even recognize that as grief because they feel like, well, it, it's not a person. So I shouldn't have the same sense of loss. So can you kind of address some of the ways that grief might show up and then how to handle that kind of loss? Because we do need to acknowledge that loss just as much as we acknowledge the loss of life. Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that because I have so many people coming into my office saying, you know, I just feel this sense that I've lost so much, but my family is still alive and I still have a job. But the truth is, is we've lost a sense of safety in the world, right? Imagine this invisible illness came. We didn't know anything about it. And we just knew we couldn't be around other people or go outside. There was so much that we were learning along with the medical and scientific community People lost their livelihoods, people who opened businesses. Then before they even got the chance to open the door, the business had to be closed. People lost their homes. People lost pets. I mean, people lost their identities. There's so much grief. And I think putting a name to it is the most important thing right now because it really is the same type of coping that we would do with any other kind of loss. It just is important to acknowledge it. And it's important to tell the story about it. It's important for you to be witnessed and that you will know that no matter whether it's the loss of your job or went through a really painful breakup, that that loss and that grief is so important and that it cannot be brushed under the rug and that it deserves the care, the tenderness, just as any other type of loss would be. That feels the most important to know. And what are ways that we can honor that grief and be able to kind of heal it and move on? I don't know that we ever heal it and move on. Really? really? Uh (laughs) (laughs) But what I can say is that the hope is that you feel your feelings. You don't push them down, right? For those who have a hard time feeling feelings, that's also very common. Whatever experience grief comes up as for you is to honor that. I think we're so quick as a country, as a world to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and keep it moving. We're a place that we honor winners and keepers, but what we don't do is we don't slow down enough to honor our losses, to heal our wounds together. And what that looks like really is just giving yourself the permission to share your needs with a support system, to seek help and support however you need to, having someone witness your emotions and your needs learning what your needs even are. I think that all we can do is add activities and move forward with the losses. There isn't really uh, like, let's talk about it and move on. I'm not saying that people can't get over, quote unquote, the way that grief affects them. But I think what it is, is we have to look at is just the intensity of it. Grief will always be there. It's just really noticing that it ebbs and flows that there are moments in the year that will be harder or days in the year that will be harder for you. And that really, it's just watching the intensity. The intensity can get much weaker. You know, the intensity can lessen for you. And that gives you room to add in beautiful new traditions and rituals and friendships and activities. And that's really part of the healing process. What happens if we don't work through it? As you mentioned, we like to pull ourselves up, bootstrap it, shove it down and say, I got this. I'm going to shake it off and go on. What happens if that's our approach? I'll be honest. I think grief will come whether or not we want it to. It will just show up in different ways. Grief is an involuntary response to a loss. 
So it can come out physically. It may come out as just what we were talking about earlier, the anger, right? Road rage. Mm -hmm. It can come out in physical symptoms like stomach problems, headaches all the time. I think no matter what we try to do, it's kind of that you can run, but you can't hide idea. And for me, the best thing to do is just see it, allow it and let it come through you. There isn't necessarily escaping it. Some people do put it in little compartments. And look, I think that there are times that people could be triggered by grief, but they avoid them. And I don't think that's always unhealthy. I just want to say that depending on life circumstances, but not indefinitely. There will be a time that you will have to talk about your loss and the endings and how that has affected you. It doesn't mean you have to talk about it with a therapist, but you do have to talk about it with someone. So is it a good idea at our family gatherings when we know others have had loss? Is it good to bring it out and talk about it? We at Thanksgiving, it's so common to talk about what we're thankful for that year. That's a wonderful thing. I'm a gratitude junkie. But there's also, is it important that we as families say like, okay, this is what I feel a loss from. What about you? Is it, is that good? Is that opening a Pandora's box we don't want to? I think what we want to avoid is having a sense of isolation, right? I think that it could be helpful if you talked about it with the person ahead of time. I'm really big on people knowing what the expectations will be. So if they really don't want to talk about it that particular holiday, knowing that ahead of time and asking if that would be okay is a really helpful thing to do. I think on the other hand, pretending that it didn't happen is almost impossible. So I think that that is one that feels very individual to me, but I think planning ahead in terms of even who will fill what roles, right? If, mm -hmm. if your grandmother made an apple pie every year and your grandmother's no longer with us, Will somebody fill that role and make that pie? What will that be like? So I think kind of having expectations ahead of the holiday, that means family members have to talk to one another <laughs> ahead of time, which is always really fun, right? Um, but I think telling others what you need, right? If you're the person grieving, I think it's going to be helpful for you to tell other people what you need. If you don't want to talk about it, I think it's really important to say that either ahead of time to someone when you get there or even just at the table. I don't think people should be forced to be confronting something that hurts. But I also think that it's okay to have a sense of happiness that day too, right? And it doesn't mean that you're not grieving. The grief will still be there. But I think the more that we can prepare and look at our expectations for what that holiday will look like, both for the people grieving and the people who are maybe not grieving, everybody, remember, will have their own experience of loss, depending on the relationship they have with the person who is lost. I'm really big, obviously, as a therapist on talking about it, but I also feel respecting the desires and the needs of the griever, especially if it's a widow or widower and it's their immediate loss of really just respecting what their needs are in the moment is going to be the most important thing we can do. Right. So if you were to give everyone a toolkit and it had two or three items in it to deal with grief triggers throughout this season, what would those tools be? I think a little bit like what I said, I'm really into the idea of a plan A and a plan B with regard to what you plan to do and then what you think you can do or what you decide you can do when it comes to that day, right? So we have the plan that we're going to go and participate in this, but when it comes to it, it just feels overwhelming. It's okay. 
it's okay to have a plan B and it's okay to respect your needs at that time, right? Some of us don't always want to be around other people. Sometimes we do. And maybe that's the delicate tango that we'll play. But I think, like I just said, one of the things in my toolbox is really planning ahead and knowing what the expectations will be. The other thing in my toolbox is pretty therapeutic in a way, right? Which is both ask for help and accept help. This is not the time to be doing everything on your own. This is the time to ask for help, no matter how small. And if you aren't able to ask for help, accept the help that's given to you your way. If you're somebody who is wondering how to help someone who's grieving, one of the hardest things to do is ask them what they need because a griever doesn't really always know. So it's important to just show up with help. How many tools do I have left? (laughs) (laughs) How many you got? I have so many tools. (laughs) Look, you know, because another one I say is really know and express what your limitations are. It's really important, just like I spoke earlier, to know what you can do and what you can't do so that you don't feel like you're pressured to do something that you can't do. Grief takes endurance. And so you're going to be a little more tired than usual. You're going to feel anxious. There's so many physical things that you're going to be feeling. It's a full body experience. So I think knowing what your limitations are, creating boundaries, saying yes to the things you can do, but reserving the right to change your mind is also very necessary. And hopefully you have understanding people around you. How do we carry this into the new year? How do we approach 2022? taking what we've learned and use it to let that grief lead us to rediscover our joy and our our sense of place in the world. Oh, I love that, Paula. You know, that's really beautiful. And I think that is really the hope at the end of the day when it comes to grieving is that we are able to, through time, invite in other things, hopeful things to hold on to to the beauty that is around us. We talk a lot about anger and all of the rage people are feeling and fear and confusion, but there are moments of people coming together and the world is still beautiful and nature is beautiful. I mean, there are many things to find beauty in and just allowing in a little bit at a time, saying yes, a little bit at a time, if it feels good. This is sort of the way to move forward with the loss honoring the person we've lost, if it is a person, how do I continue that relationship with this person, even though they're no longer here? How do I honor them by doing perhaps some of the things they would have loved to do? I think we think that once somebody is gone, that it's, we just grieve a void, but no matter what your spiritual background may be, there is a possibility of keeping that relationship alive in some way, whether that means setting a place setting for them at the table or listening to their favorite music or cooking something they would have loved. I think doing that more and more and bringing that person in, it does help to feel less alone for some people, but it also gives us permission to keep on living. And at the end of the day, that's really what we need to do most in honoring what comes to us, what comes in just a little bit at a time. What excellent advice. Gina, I'm really glad you had this conversation with me today. I think it's so important and you present it so very well for us. Oh, Paula, thank you. I feel like we could talk about this all day. (laughs) Well, what do you have going on? (laughs) (laughs) Only a full schedule, but we'll have to do it again sometime. No, this has been really wonderful. You're you're really doing such a service to your audience. This grief can be a really, really tricky animal. Just having permission 
to feel what we feel and to talk about it, to talk about our story, to talk about our loss, to talk about our grief is, is a really healing experience. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Gina. We'll do this again. I hope so. That was Gina Moffa talking about how to manage grief throughout the holiday season. If you'd like to learn more about Gina or follow her on social media, visit our website at livehappy.com and click on the podcast link. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm -hmm.